You are listening to the 312 Squadron Podcast. My name is Nick Sperry. Hi, I am Manuel. And I'm Matthew Corser. There are a lot of Matthews. We got to make sure we know. Although I know what do you, if they were to just say my name, <laughs> no, it's Matt Corser, but maybe the folks at home don't know. Matt Corser from the Best Spin Benchwarmers podcast, we'll give them a proper shout out later, is with us. And we have a fun episode. Manny is finally back. He is out of the doghouse. We decided to let him have a little bit of sunlight for a moment. So he's back. Yep. Andrew, it's birthday today. So we're just giving him the night off. And I'm stepping in with a partial producer duty. So if you uh, run into Andrew or have the chance to send him a message to say happy belated birthday, of course, when this comes out, it'll have been a couple of weeks, but that doesn't matter. There's no statute limitations. You can wish him a birthday in six months. Happy birthday. That's fine. Um, guys, uh, we had another World's Open qualifier. Um, I was actually at in San Francisco. We'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, we have a lot of exciting things to talk about in this episode, though, uh, beyond me just somehow playing well at World's Open qualifiers for, for some reason. Um, we were going to talk about uh, the uh, points changes, um, our thoughts on just the overall uh, idea and outlook on points changes and balancing the game. And we're going to break down the T65 X-Wing in our second edition of Break It or Buy It. That and much more to come. Let's buckle up and get going. Um, upcoming events, X-Wing News, Las Vegas Open uh, has been announced as an official World's Open qualifier. That's going to be in January, towards the end of the month. I will get exact dates for you guys and post it in the description for you. But that is, uh, I've I've done LVO. Uh, Manny's done LVO. Manny, you know, Vegas is yeah. your first time there. It's yeah. an interesting place. Slept, slept the tournament, but um, <laughs> he played one round. Good experience. <laughs> Matt, you ever been to Vegas before? I've never been to Vegas. It's a, it's it. Honestly, it's a cool like X Wing is a cool excuse to go to a place like Vegas. But Manny and I are on the same page. It's it's kind of a. It's a uh, uns- like, it's, it's an unsettling it's like place to be for more than a couple of yeah. days. Yeah, yeah. Like also, like the fact that we say it at, at the Bellagio means that I, can, <laughs> yeah. I probably can no longer see at any other hotel that's at the Bellagio. <laughs> You're kind of yeah. for me, but um, yeah. Like Las Vegas is a place where it could get just wiped out by an asteroid, and I n- <laughs> nothing of value would be lost. Oh my god, that's my personal opinion die. on Las Vegas. Yeah. Well, not to be dark, but I don't know if you guys noticed. I just want to want to give everybody a really a, a perspective on why I feel this way about Vegas. Is that the the horrible Mandalay Bay shooting? You guys remember that that happened? I want to say almost a decade ago. It's been several years, but you guys remember that concert, that shooting in Vegas? Yeah, yeah. I remember, I remember that vaguely. Yep. So the Mandalay Bay, which is one of the oldest properties on the Strip of uh, of Vegas. Um, they uh, they didn't close for more than a couple hours um, after uh, that incident. In fact, the next morning, the casino was up and at them and open, uh, despite them hosting a mass shooting. So if you want to know why, you know, Vegas kind of grinds my gears and doesn't sit well with me, it's just I thought I'd give you that anecdote as to why, you know. But hey, go to the Las Vegas Open. <laughs> you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> Play some X-Wing. <laughs> yeah, when Las Vegas got hacked like a week or two ago, I was like, huh, that's like pretty good news. <laughs> I was like, actually kind of like rooting for it. <laughs> just seeing all those like slot machines just like being like completely down and having like people wait in lines to get to, to, to their hotel rooms. Like, yeah, I have no sympathy for that city. <laughs> 
Yeah. I mean, I certainly wouldn't want to wait in like an eight hour line to just get into a hotel, an overpriced hotel that I already paid for. But yes, uh, it was it was one of those Jerry Seinfeld memes like, ah, it's a shame. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I believe the, the big thing about the Las Vegas Open, um, I've done it three times now and I have had a great time. So I definitely do recommend it, especially if you can hang out with some friends. It's a cool experience. Uh, you're there for a couple days. You get to play X-Wing in Las Vegas. I mean, that's kind of cool. Um, but it's one of the, the the big steal is it's one of the last Worlds Open qualifiers before Worlds, which will be at Adepticon, of course, in uh, March, the third week of March. So um, if you're gunning for Worlds invite or just that awesome swag, those cool AMG prizes, that'll be one of your last opportunities to do so in the United States. Yeah, please go after we've trashed all over trashed us. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt's just like, I haven't been there. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're not missing much. <laughs> um, so let's talk about uh, Golden State games. Um, so I want to give a shout out to uh, Foundry and Lux and, and Mitch Hurst uh, and Daryl McMillian and a couple of other folks uh, in the Bay Area for putting together, honestly, what probably the nicest event for X-Wing I've ever been to. We played in a full restaurant and bar. Ooh, nice. I had the whole place That's set really aside cool. for us. They had... Yeah, they had a bartender for us. Um, I didn't really take advantage. I don't like to drink while I play X-Wing. I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of stuff going on we in these games these days. We should definitely serve ourselves one day. Just like every time <laughs> every time something happens, we just like take a shot of something or we take a sip of a drink. No! I don't know what Every time we have to mark the ship. It would progressively get worse throughout the entire stream. How about how about you play a game of scramble and there's a shot glass on each one <laughs> on each point and then when you scramble your opponent has to take the shot of the the, the point you scrambled. We'll both be passed out by the end of the game and the stream would just be you and me just like sleeping. Well, and like I think that would violate. Just, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> that probably violates terms of service. service. Yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. What do you think, <laughs> Matt? Would you join drink? us for that? Oh yeah, for sure. I love to drink. Give me the commentary. Yeah, you can narrate. Oh my god, yeah, we had a, we had a great time, Matt. When you were when you were here, we had a we had a good time. I got to see uh, adult water version of Matt Corser, and it was a good time. <laughs> it was a good time. I had a good time. It was yeah. Looking forward to doing that again. Uh, round two coming up in a few months for sure. Um, but back to GSG. So Foundry and Lux was the name of the venue. It was in South San Francisco. It is again the, the nicest venue um, that I have had the pleasure of playing X Wing in. And it was uh, same structure. Uh, it was a uh, day one of Swiss, five rounds. And then um, it was two additional rounds of Swiss for those who played well enough. We went X and one. You could go three, one and one or better. And you would be able to play in day two of Swiss. And then it was a cut to top eight, not top four, like at Gen Con. Um, and I, I was able to make top eight. I actually looking at List Fortress right now. Apparently, I'm number four overall. Yeah, I saw that. Like, Good job. Thank you. I mean, I was like, OK, <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I mean, I, I lost in my top eight game, but um, Empire with some really good representation. I think this is the we might not spend too much time talking about Golden State games, but uh, it's clear that Empire made a very strong showing at this event and all the way to uh, winning the entire thing, which is um, not a surprise. But I think we were surprised to not see Empire represented as much uh, in their earlier going. Right. You know, with the bombers and everything, I think people were saying, oh, Empire's going to be super good and they're showing up, but they didn't perform to this level until now. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yep. Yeah. Same. Um, 
Yeah, so we'll, we'll just do our, the top eight lists real quick. Um, I just want to make sure you guys have this pulled up on your end before I call one of you out to read off the list. Um, so uh, do you guys have List Fortress open? I do. Yep. Awesome, cool. Manny, why don't you just really quickly, uh, number eight, we got Doug Stoneweaver, if you want to just quickly All read right. off his list. Yeah. With some standardized. He uh, played there. Empire. Uh, I'm seeing the Darth Vader, uh, Tomex Bren, Sigma 6. I have not seen those guys in a while. Yeah, the Interceptors. Yeah. Uh, Sigma 5 and Deathfire. These are all the uh, standardized loadouts. No uh, custom builds. Yeah, it, so I'm trying to decipher what just Darth Vader on its own means in List Fortress, because on mine, it's with the um, core set Vader, the new one. Oh, yeah. It's SWZ 105, so this could be Build Your Own Vader or Battle of Yavin, um, one of the two, would, I would think. Yeah, well, I mean, if it was Build Your Own, the upgrades... Uh, uh, yeah, you have upgrades, uh, though. Yeah, like we would have seen upgrades, yeah, right? Exactly. So it must be show. one of the two, Battle of Yavin... I would think it maybe it is Battle of Yavin. That's I'm gonna just infer. Well, the one from the starter is. set, right? <laughs> yeah, but the one from the starter set, mine was one from the starter set, and on my list it says Darth Vader SWZ one hundred and five. So oh, okay. I wonder if like yeah. that's the distinguishing. Yeah, but um, either either I don't think either are a bad choice, and clearly Doug did well. So congrats to Doug. Um, he uh, bringing the, the sigmas. They uh, they both don't they both have access to slam. Is that right? They can. I'm, I'm gonna pull up the sigma I'm checking. five and six. I yeah. couldn't tell you what those guys do. Yeah, sigma five, sigma six, sigma five. After you perform an attack that hits, you may spend one charge to perform an evade action, and they have two charges with a sensor jammer. While defending, if there's a friendly lock on the attacker, you may change one of the attacker's hit results to an eyeball result. Okay. Yeah, one, I know one of them has the ability to slam. I, I thought they all yeah. could, but clearly I'm wrong. Uh, I think that's actually Sigma 6 has that ability. After you fully execute a speed 3 to 5, you may spend one charge to perform a slam action. <laughs> okay. Two charges, non-recurring, with Daredevil <laughs> and Afterburners. So. I, I mean, good for him. These are some pretty like fragile ships and some yeah. like gutsy pilots to choose to fly to a... Absolutely, well, yeah. Dude, I, this is like a good, good for you. This is really, yeah. It's like a really fun list too. Yeah, I'm not brave enough to fly this list. No, me neither. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of fun, I mean, we get a Wes Jansen and Nora Wexley sighting. If you want to do that next list by Mason Tanner. Yeah, sure. Matt. So I'm assuming this is Boy Luke, and then like you said, uh, this is kind of an unusual Rebel list, a little off meta. Wes Jansen with enduring R4 shield upgrade. Nora Wexley in the Y-Wing with Ion Cannon Turret, Veteran Turret Gunner, R4, and Afterburners. Interesting. Lieutenant Blout with Predator and Shield Upgrade, and then Sabine Wren with Beskar Reinforced Plating. This is like a fun list to fly. Yeah. Yeah, Blount? I mean, this is awesome, yeah. dude. So, Nora, yeah. Wes, and Blount? I think Blount? I, Come on. I, I don't think I've ever seen him on the board. Oh, my God, Manny. Manny, I love having Manny on this because he's such a, he's like the Norby, the, the, the I cash. Am, I'm, I'm, just, I'm the dirty casual. Um, what ship so does he filthy. fly? You need a bath, you filthy boy. <laughs> what ship does he fly? <laughs> what ship does he fly? Z95. Z95, his, all right. His well, ability revolves around... So basically his ability is like while he performs an attack, if there is a friendly ship at range zero to one of the person he's attacking, uh, he gets an extra attack day. Okay, cool. So he was really good in like rebel swarms because he would just throw people at your opponent and Blount would just take pot shots and three attack dice or, you know, 
four attack dice at range one. My God, he has eleven loadout. That's ridiculous for a Z ninety five. Yeah, it, it is. It's. It he, is. And he, I mean, he's he has a shield upgrade, so yeah. he dies in two shots instead of just one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's You're fun basically though, man. Like yeah. a and one starfighter at that point. Yeah, I get yeah, good for you, Mason. I'm proud of you, Mason. Yeah, good, good for you, man, for doing really well with this. That's pretty. This is fun, Rebel yeah. list. Yeah, congrats. Wes, Wes Jansen with Enduring. I, I think Wes Jansen has fallen out of favor because of the weirdness. We'll talk about more of this at Break It or Buy It, but how a lot of the T-65s have lost access to a torpedo or the just loadout doesn't support it. Yeah, yeah. and also because um, Luke is like the same cost as him. Yeah, and his ability is really good, but you jam after the, you know everything is spent or has the chance to be spent. So it's a little, sometimes it doesn't, you know, it's not as powerful as it could be. But still a good ability, for sure. Um, I'll take number six, because I got to give a shout-out to my boy Joe Churchman. Joe, out of Portland, is one of our OG uh, Discord locals, as I like to say. He, he joined our leagues very early on when we first started doing them, like, two years ago. Um, he is a league champion. He's a great guy and a very good X-Wing player, and he is a scum player through and through. And my man not only brought scum, but... He made top eight with scum. And so I was joking with him. I said, you, I said, before this tournament started, Joe, there were six factions in the game. And you proved that there's a seventh. <laughs> so he brought Fen Rao and the, you know, the, the good, good Fen Rao, although Rebel Fen Rao is very good these days. But this is Stonks Fen Rao with the extra dice with Beskar Reinforced Plating, Mandalorian Optics, Fearless, and Predator. He's got Old Terok. Old T has always been a, a fan favorite X-Wing players, especially Scum players, we love Old T with Beskar, Crackshot, and Fearless. And then we've got Dirge. You know, we often forget that there is a Scum Dirge, but there is with All-Strand Spawner Codes, Proton Cannons, and Marksmanship. Lee Makai with R4, B11, and Plasma Torps. And then Bosk in that Z95 with Lone Wolf. A five-ship list. It's the it's honestly the Swiss Army Knife list, and that Swiss Army Knife blade can get real long and hurt real bad. Um, and he proved that he's, you know, in the right hands that these guys can do a lot of damage. So, Matt, what are your thoughts on this list? This is like a fun list and one that I am like, man, two fang fighters. I'm not brave enough for that. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, yeah. yeah. It looks yeah, like a lot of fun that's coming to appearance. They've had it rough. So, uh, yeah. Take what you mm-hmm. can get. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you have, you have good initiative coverage. You have. The only low initiative is Bosk, and I mean, define low initiative, but I-4 is like middle initiative. He's right? only like, so, what, two points? And two it's points. Fine. He's worth nothing. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what helps Joe. Yeah, Joe is helped a lot by not, he's kind of initiative kill proof with this list. A lot, not a lot of, um, there's, there are plenty of I-6s in the meta right now, but there's not enough for you to be worried about you bringing a bunch of I-5s. I mean, it, I did it and it was fine. And he's got Fen, so he's got that I six uh, piece in there, anyways. Yeah, he needs so to yeah, congrats, Joe. Yeah, um, I believe he lost to uh, Casey uh, Kenneth Lyon, um, another gr- really great player in the community. To uh, he lost to five T seventies, so it knocked him out. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> man, he's like, huh. <laughs> man, he shut up. Your list is boring. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt, why do you take Joe Vincent? Joe, I played Joe uh, top eight, and I lost by just a couple points in the last round. Great, great guy, great player. For sure. So we have Blackout, Sensor Scramblers, Prockets, Lone Wolf, Kylo Ren in the Whisper with Jamming Sweet, Instinctive Aim, Predator, Mag Pulse, and Optics, 
LaHughes in the SF with Proud Tradition Pattern Analyzer, Special Forces Gunner, Malaris in the FO with Cluster Missiles, and then Gaelic in the FO with Heavy Laser Cannon and Proud Tradition. So it's like a fun first oral list. It was good. It was good, yeah. And uh, it was tough, man, because I basically had to ignore Kylo and Blackout and just go after Malrus, Gaelic, and LaHughes. And LaHughes was rolling paint every time man, I shot at him. And Malrus was... Yeah, it was, it was just, it was a tough game. And I, I was down by like six or seven points and I came back and almost beat him. It was a great game. He had, didn't have his world's invite and um, he didn't have, you know, so I, I honestly, um, I made a, a calculated decision in the last round. It, it was just a, it came down to a single dice roll, didn't fall my way. And I just shook his hand and said, you deserve it. Like, you know, it's, it's all good. It was a great game. So Joe making it to number five overall, he made it to top four. He was just one, went away from final table. Uh, first order, not as strong as the uh, the meta where we had a world champion um, win with it, right? But I'd still say it's it's still very competitive, right? Yeah. That's how I define yeah. this faction right now. Yeah, there's still a solid faction and you have to watch out. Like, this is a really solid list. And there's like, the, the, the fun thing about FO is I like this list, but I'm also like, oh, if I don't want Blackout, I can have another. There, there's a lot of options in first yeah. order. If I don't yeah, want Gaelic. If you really want. Yeah. I could split a couple of these ships up and make them scorch in DT, and it would still be a viable list. There's there's a lot of uh, flexibility in play styles in FO right now. Yeah, and if you are a big FO player, then it is nice to have that. I think some factions, even if they are good, struggle with that plug-and-play opportunity. You're either doing it right or doing it wrong. Um, but with FO, I don't think you can really do it wrong, yeah. um, per se. Yep. So. Yeah, and it's awesome. nice that they're 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 in a place too where they not every competitive FO list needs a Kylo Ren like they can do well yeah. without Kylo. Yeah. Uh, next, we got the biggest tool of the tournament, <laughs> an absolute hack. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Nick Sperry sounds like a complete <laughs> jerk. Uh, the biggest douchebag yeah. to ever stepped foot in an X Wing tournament. Let's see. I'm checking Nick Sperry. I'm, che- I'm checking like, the notes of the show. Uh, Empire wins and Nick is cool under <laughs> GS. I didn't write that. GSG you wrote breakdown. that. Um, <laughs> you wrote right, that, bro. Wanna... You think I'm cool. <laughs> I, I brought the same list, the exact same list I brought to Gen Con. Starter set Vader, Merrick Steel with fire control shield upgrades, Homax with Sat Salvo, Barrage Rockets, Bomblet Generator, and then the boys, Backstabber and Mahler. So all I-5s and an I-6. It's a good list, Nick. Yeah. Oh, it's It's... It, it's weird because it. it 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 uh the tie fighters just kind of sometimes you know they're just there and then they like show up and you're like whoa <laughs> like oh like i uh i rolled a natural three hits and a crit into uh oddball the arc with like mauler and i was like oh a, a tie fighter just did that okay, <laughs> okay. all right TIE fighters. And for some reason it's always those two that just rolled paint i was playing with frankie like a week ago <laughs> And he just got the Bell of Yavin pack. And um, those two ties uh, with no mods just rolled crits and hits. I'm just like, why? Why? That, that, I, the, the, these ties should only be shooting two dice. And they're just rolling paint every time. It's like the uh, you know the Interstellar meme when he's like banging on the back of the bookshelf. It's like no, no. It's like trying to stop Frankie from buying Battle of Yavin. <laughs> I blame you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's your stuff. You let me borrow, Manny. Let me borrow Backstabber Baller. I'm still holding on to it. <laughs> it is a good. It's a. It's a. I think it's a list that on paper you're like, oh, it's fragile. It's it's dice dependent. 
Um, and here's the thing. I like both of those things. I like the challenge of having to, you know, the high risk, high reward, because the ceiling with this list is very, very high. And I think the floor is pretty elevated as well. It, it holds up and it's proven itself. Um, and uh, Merrick, I really just love being able to play Merrick. He's yeah. great. Four points. He's awesome. So, yeah, there's the douche himself. Number four overall. I got my range rulers back. I gave away my first set. All I wanted at the event was to win them back. And I, I made I made that happen. So I'm happy. Good job. Lost in top eight. Yeah. Uh, I'll do Kenneth's uh, list and then I'll throw it to the U2 for the last two. Um, so uh, Casey, he brought five T70s. I like the the build out. I, I'm curious, Manny, what your thoughts are on this. So I'll read it out for you. He's got LO with R68 and Crackshot. Temin, uh, uh, Temin Wexley, this is the boosty Temin Wexley with shield upgrade marksmanship. Karakun uh, with afterburners. You don't see Kara a ton. Jessica Pava. So there's Jess with BB Astromech and paint. And then we got Nimi with Ferrosphere paint and M9 G8. So Manny. Yeah, so. Impression of this list. Yeah, so um, I, 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 I uh, kind of ran this list uh, when the recent points uh, update came out, and I'm a fan. The upgrades are basically what I would use as well. I did swap Amy with, um, with, oh my god, I'm completely forgetting that one pilot's name. The, uh, 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 the Kai. one that jumps over people. Uh, yeah, Kai, Tenel, Kai yeah. Did, did, uh, due to the higher initiative. But, I mean, yeah, I saw a list. It got third place, so what do I know? No complaints here. It better not be. Yeah. Or I'll find you. I know where you <laughs> live. I'll let Casey know. Matt, uh, what did you think of this? I mean, five T70s, I think, has always been maybe something that is is viable, but hasn't wowed anybody, really. I, I can't say that I've looked at every single tournament that be, you know um, on List Fortress, but what are, you, what are your impressions of this? Yeah, I mean, it's a solid resistance list. It's something you have to in, kind of anticipate being there. It's kind of like a, it's a gatekeeper list for sure. But it, I yeah. mean, it's been performing top four is pretty good. I mean, I would personally probably cut some of these T70s for maybe like Lulo or Kaz or Zori, but I mean, five T70s is still pretty, it's a pretty solid resistance list. Lots of three dice guns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and not relying on heroic. So Casey oh, really yeah. hoping, hoping is his greens are solid. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. No, I, I, yeah, you need heroic because you. Yeah, suck. I'm a scaredy cat. <laughs> I put heroic on everything. That's so. That's why I swapped Nimi out with Kai because Nimi can't take heroic. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, gotcha. Um, I'll do. Uh, Okay, so Manny, why don't you do uh, number two, uh, Jordan Mad Madrid, who uh, who brought a couple generics. Yeah, Black Squatch and Ace. They're the uh, I-4 TIE Fighters, correct? They're I-3. Uh, Black I-3, yeah. I-3? I knew that. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So two uh, two Black Squatch and Aces. They have Darth Vader. Not sure which one. Uh, then I think, I believe I was next. I think it was uh, Starter Set Vader. All right. I believe. Then Merrick Steel with shield upgrade and the fire control system. Ooh, good build, good build. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Max Bren, Barrage Rockets, uh, Saturation Salvo, and then Bomblin Generator. So mm -hmm. the typical, I think. Uh, then yep. uh, a Major Grimer with the center loadout as well. So, so Barrage Rockets, Saturation Salvo, salvo uh, Seismic Charges, and Daylight Fuses. Yeah, I mean, so Tomax, um, there's a... I, there is a little bit of a debate. I think both are very good, but there's a new standardized Tomax out with the plasma torps. Um, 
he, he can barrel roll you know every other turn and, and spend a charge his ability charge to gain a focus for a double modded plasma torpedo but the downside to that version of tomax even though he's the same price is that if he gets bumped or blocked he can't do anything with his with just a focus. That is so true. It is nice. Yeah, barrage rockets is kind of foolproof when it comes to getting blocked by an enemy ship. You can still use them. That's why I prefer them. But yeah, Jordan made to final table. He brought a couple of black squadron aces. So people in the, in our podcast chat were like, "The return of generics? Are they good again?" I'm like, "Well, they're always there." They just uh, he he opted for a six you know six person uh, or six body field in his list instead of five, as most imperial lists are right now. So he just wanted to get those. An extra body on his uh, in his squad, and he did. You know, good list. I actually really like it. It's solid. AMG's all out right. Here take it away with the. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Make a joke that uh, AMG's out here saying it's like, oh, "Why are you trying to make generics happen? They're not going to happen." And yet, like Willem Dafoe is like, "Wait a minute, you can't do this to me." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, John Witherspoon winning with Rebels. Matt, what did he bring? He brought Rebel Fenrau with. Predator, Crackshot, Beskar, Reinforced Plating, Bodica in the Fang Fighter with Predator, Beskar, Reinforced Plating, and Mando Optics, Harrison Dula in the A-Wing with Marksmanship and Thread Tracers, Sabine Wren with Lone Wolf, and then Benthic Two-Tubes in the U-Wing with Hopeful, Percop, Jin, and Pivot Wing. There is not a Boy Luke or Han Solo in sight in this list. Yeah, that's kind of refreshing. Yeah, there was a bunch of Hans in the uh, the original f- initial field, but I don't think we None in, cut. in the top eight we didn't see one in cut, which is pretty dope. Um, getting a little tired of seeing the same stuff. Also, I don't believe we didn't. I not we didn't read off a single Republic list. Nope. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, they were almost they were, there. No triple R. Yeah. I guys, I played against some really interesting squads, day of Ites and Swiss. I played against a a five tri fighter list. Interesting. It was a six okay. ship. It was no, it was a seven ship list. It was a seven ship list with five tri fighters. That was a lot, just because just so many ships and a lot of three dice attacks. I played a, at day two of Swiss. I played against a guy who was a fan of us. Who he's like, oh, you like knew who I was, and I'm like, wait a minute, am I getting the Mandy treatment? Like somebody knows who I am. <laughs> Name was uh, I believe his name was Eric. He's a really nice guy. It was his first time making day two, um, and he brought uh, he brought four of the rogue class starfighters and Volan Das, which was kind of awesome. I'm like, wow, that's pretty. It was. I thought that was kind of cool. Live your best life, man. Right? Absolutely. And he did pretty play pretty well. So. Good. Um, but yeah, John's list. He's got a, you got a U wing in there. You've got your cheat piece and Sabine for the objectives. Hera with thread tracers is solid. You can set up those target locks. You have that I six for the you know good objective play as well. Bodica with the bonus attacks and of course another I six and Fen who is actually kind of like the Grim Reaper in the Rebel list right now. I know Han consistently pumps out damage, but Fen just it seems like it's impossible to avoid getting in his bullseye if somebody knows what they're doing with him. Yeah, solid Fenrau play is scary, whether it's Rebel or Scum. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, John taking it all. Congratulations to John. See him at Worlds. Congrats. The winner of the Golden State Games. Congratulations. Rebels continue to be on top. I think they're etching, edging out over Republic and kind of distancing themselves a little bit from the, the number two overall faction in the game right now. That's at least my thought. All right, let's move on. It's time for... 
X-Wing, Break It or Buy It. What is Break It or Buy It? Well, it's a segment we do here where we pick a chassis in the game, usually a ship that doesn't get a whole lot of love, and we pick a few pilots who you don't see very often, and we either break it by changing their ability, like an errata, uh, or their loadout, or we buy it at a different cost. So let's say, ah, that, that pilot's too expensive at five, but I'd buy it at four. So, guys, I'm going to start off with Thane Kyrell. Uh, Matt, I'm going to have you do Thane Kyrell. Um, I am going to pull up his ability and read it while you pull it up on your end. Um, so Thane is an I-5. He's four points in the T-65 with an abysmal eight loadout. His ability is while you perform an attack, you may spend one eyeball hit or crit result to look at the defender's face-down damage cards, choose one, and expose it. Matt, are you going to break it or buy it? Thane Kyrell. I'm going to buy Thane Kyrell. I like Thane Kyrell a lot. Okay. And what would you buy? Would you buy him at the current price or would you lower him down to three points? I would love to lower him down to three points, but um, I think I'd take him at four. I think there's, I think he's a, a sleeper hit that nobody's using very often because I think Bodica's nice, but I think Bodica and Thane, I think you could start building lists there too. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with him at four points, but I do disagree with the loadout. I would be more inclined to break it and make give him like almost double the loadout, maybe like six more points. But that's just me. Uh, six, like, oh, uh, 14 loadout for four points seems pretty good. Yeah, but just you got to remember what's popular for the same price yeah. these days, right? I think you're just trying to get people more options in a faction that seems to be limiting. Uh, it has so many options, but it's a faction that seems to really only have a narrow kind of tunnel vision mindset on what you should be taking right now yeah and rebels i think it'd be nice if he could get like a shield upgrade like if he had a mod slot yeah there's also a chance that like he might just play through a game and not even use his ability like it might die beforehand like i don't think he'll be activating his effect yeah in like the first or two in like the first or second round so that's like the challenge he was often compared to merrick He's often compared to Merrick when, you know, they both had a run. But now that Merrick, Merrick's three agility and you can put a shield upgrade on him, he, he's more likely to get his ability to proc than, than Thane. Yeah, I don't, I mean, Marksmanship, Magpulse, R3, like, I don't think that's a bad start to him. Yeah, uh, I'm like, he's I5, which is pretty yeah. good. I5 is a pretty good pilot ability. The question is, mm-hmm. like, would you take him over, let's say, Cornhorn, which is, like, also the same cost? Yeah. Yeah, and Corn's not featured in our list here just because Corn is actually, I'd, I'd say, one that you will more, be more likely to see if it's not Luke on the table. Um, yeah, Thane's interesting. I mean, he, he, I mean, we can all agree he really doesn't get played much, um, at least at tournaments. So, yeah, I, I'd say by, I think I agree by it. Uh, Manny, would you like to take Biggs or Levon Tenza? I'll take Biggs. Uh, Biggs, Darklighter, build your own. All right, going to try to find him. Yeah, uh, God, you find, all right. Yes, eighteen here. loadout. Wow, I had no yeah, idea. Loadout. He has five points. Five with points. Eighteen loadout. That's a very hard sell when three. Luke is at when like Luke is also the uh, same cost. Right. His ability, while another friendly ship at range zero to one, it defends before the neutralized result step. If you are in the attack arc, you may suffer one hit or crit to cancel one matching result. So his shtick is like helping out his teammates, right? But he's I three. He's the one that's going to need help, I feel. I mean... He's a sponge for five points. It seems like a massive waste of... Yeah, points. it's like, like give your opponent 25% of their, of their win condition. 
And even with 18 loadout, I don't know if I would ever pick them. All right. Well, this is why we do this segment. So break it or buy it. Are you uh, are you buying them at a cheaper price or are you going to break it? Um, God, I would break them. I would maybe put them down to four. But like it's it's kind of hard, right? With I3, I mean, what is the appropriate cost of a ship that might not be able to shoot in the first round because it because it just gets destroyed in and like a so you would buy, it, you would buy it at four points maybe uh maybe but like it's still kind of hard because i know i'm like the it's like a pretty good chance that he might die in the first round and like what's the correct uh cost for that i don't think there's one what do you think matt that throw up at the trash like biggs is still yeah, suffering Biggs is yeah. suffering from first edition. Like he is, the, there's a few pilots in this game who like are paying for the sins of their first edition, and he is one of them. So why don't you enlighten the folks that maybe don't know, didn't have to deal with the hellscape uh, of first edition Biggs? Yeah, so first edition Biggs was just if you could shoot Biggs, you always had to shoot Biggs, and that doesn't sound like a problem, but there was like a million ways for Biggs to not die and for his friends to just wipe you off the board. Pleasant. Yeah, he's he's been. I think even in two point I barely ever saw him. In yeah. second edition. So. I don't think he's he's never made a splash. And it's it's too bad. I mean, I think now, um, especially when you have selfless a uh, selfless arc one seventy and oddball, I think it would be okay to see him get a little bit of play. Yeah, but he's at four points. But with a, with an ability like that on a T sixty five chassis, it's like Manny said, he's just I three. Yeah, yeah. I3, it's like hey, just, you basically like you basically ask your opponents like hey. Here's twenty five percent of your points right here. Yeah, I like was in the first the round. Is why you play him? I yeah, yeah, I don't know at what price and like at what loadout value is optimal. It's just yeah. He kind of needs. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to them making standardized loadout cards for every single pilot in the game, like coming out with packs <laughs> oh, like gosh. that. My head is exploding. If they, at the, I think that'd be cool if they were just like, hey, you know, standardized loadouts are how we're doing this. There's going to be a standardized loadout for every pilot. I think, uh, I think doing that, that's a lot of work though to like spend time to do that. And also, think, every squad builder yeah, app is going to be cool. filled with like, uh, like a bunch of duplicate names. But B- Biggs needs like a complete rework of his ability to be anything relevant yeah so maybe we're, we're we'd be kind of leaning towards break it for bigs yeah um just a complete redo a redesign um also i, I know that we passed we were already done with thane but i wanted to just throw out there um that thane doesn't even have a torpedo slot that's, that's a big oh wow player. yeah yeah uh. Um, yeah, but but Biggs does. So the 18 loadout, you can definitely do something with that. So, hey, you, here's a five-point Pro Torp carrier at I3 instead of just taking Luke. What are you doing? You're taking Biggs for some reason. Yep. Yeah. Feels um, bad. Yeah, I guess I guess he can negate uh, dropping crates, though, right? Uh, yes. While, yeah, while another, that's extremely situational. Not, yeah, no, it's, it's just yeah. one of those things. <laughs> like, like, you're, like you're trying to find the one <laughs> pass to the it. Man, it's worth it. <laughs> It's worth it, you bastard. I'm not touching this pilot with a 10-foot pole. All right. I'm going to do Levan Tenza, our last pilot here, our break it or buy it segment of the T-65 X-Wings. Levan Tenza is an I-3. After you perform a barrel or boost action, you may perform a red evade action. Um, So, you know, a, a chassis that would have loved to be able to evade sometimes now has a really 
bizarre way to get one. Um, you have to do a barrel or boost, and then you have to gain a stress to get the evade uh, token for that action. Uh, let me let me think here. Eight loadout. You have a talent, an astromech, an illicit, and a missile slot. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to say buy it at three points. Keep everything the same and make Levantenza three points for a while. I I agree with that. Three points, four three loadout. Three points, I think, is fine. So she can take Debris Gambit. <laughs> right? <laughs> Honestly, Matt, keeping her at eight loadout doesn't really seem No, bad. it really doesn't. What is it going to do, right? Like, what's the big deal? Yeah. Uh, again, I three, I threes. Unless your name is Sabine Wren, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and maybe, and then maybe in other situations, you know, other a couple other pilots who just whose names escape me. But I just think of Sabine when I think of I three. I think unless you're Sabine, Afra, right? Uh, probably not a good call to be taken in I three or Sevor, I guess. Sevor's decent at three points, but not getting played. Nope. So. Yeah, so that was X-Wing. Break it or buy it. The name of the game is X-Wing, so goddammit, give me some X-Wings and make it somebody that's not Luke Yeah, sometimes. the T-65s <laughs> are not in a good place right now other, other yeah, than Luke. The T-70s are four points and are so much better. Oh, yeah. I know, yeah. If the T-70s are like four points, I feel like almost every T-65 could go down to four. <laughs> well, most of, a lot of them already are four points. It's just that, why? <laughs> you know, it's like, why would you? You, you, that, that's the issue with Rebels is that I like the idea of being aggressive with pricing pilots like Levon because if you do start to insert three-point X-Wings in the conversation, maybe just one pilot, two maximum, then you start to just have people look at things like there's more options. It's a little bit, you might actually see some variety yeah. instead of just Han, Fen, or Han, Luke, and A-Wing. Like There's like two or three variants of the same type of list. Yeah. So. Unless you're unless you're the winner of the entire GSG, then it's a, it is a little different, but still, um, yeah, I would like to see uh, just more options and through every faction is a good thing. It just make, means that we get more variety that I think we're kind of sorely lacking right now. Variety is the spice of life. Yep, beautiful. That was gorgeous. <laughs> Almost as gorgeous as you, my friend. Ah, oh, thank you. Yeah, of course. I would never say anything like that to Manny. He's got too big of an ego. But to you, Matt, <laughs> I try to stay humble. Yeah. Know where I can. <laughs> what, what was that joke, Maddie? What's your joke? Oh, about yeah, being that, humble? Uh, I'm so humble that if I was the Olympics for humbleness, I would uh, I'd probably come in second. So good. That's just a humble brag. It's like Drax, I am extraordinarily humble. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we've got our main topic of the show here. We're talking about points changes and, uh, Matt's dear friend, Mark Roberg, a.k.a. Biddy Bumbo. What a name. Imagine losing a game of X-Wing to a guy named Biddy Bumbo. <laughs> Just can't, oh, man, can't I, get over I it. I think I'll quit the game at that point. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Also, so he, he asks, how, how long do you think uh, should pass between points changes? Like, how much time should pass between points changes? Um, so, you know, I think it's, 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 it's time to talk about points and points changes. So a couple questions for you guys to ponder here. Uh, well, let's just start with the first one. So how often do we think points changes should be in the game? Manny, I'll throw it to you first. Yeah, I feel like a good like a good number would be like th like three to four uh, times a year. So like, I guess... Um, uh, Every three or four months? Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, I think that's a good pace to kind of refresh the format and get like new blood into the game. Um, uh, 
Honestly, the more important thing, like, to me is just, like, them letting us know when they're planning to do a points update. Just so if there's something extremely stupid in the game, I at least know that there's going to be, like, a point in time that stuff is going to change, right? It's kind of, like, it's kind of disheartening to play a game where you're not really sure when the next large change is going to come up. Especially if there's something that's, like, not that healthy uh, that's being played. Matt, what do you think? I'm with you. I'm with three to four months. I, I am already tired of this current meta. Like, yeah, like how long has it been? Uh, it's what? I guess right time? after Adepticon. I want to say it was a month after Adepticon. Or not May, even, right? May. It was May. End of May, okay, early so it was June. Over a month after. So Adepticon, five months. Okay. Yeah, um, and you know, I agree with you guys. I'd say AMG has mentioned, I don't remember exactly what stream it was or whatever, but I do know this for a fact. They've mentioned that ideally they'd like to get the game to a point where they maybe even don't have to do points changes anymore. I don't like hearing that. I don't think that's the way that you should approach this game, whether or not you you know plan on and, yeah. and selling new product for it or not. I think it should always be supported at a baseline level of at least just some tweaks and some meta shaking things. And our interview with AMG... Will Schick mentioned that he liked the idea of kind of re, you know, shaking up the meta and kind of, you know, really just making it different and, and making people have to think about how they list build. So, I'm not sure if that's still something that that's that's realistically uh, achievable for them. I don't. I hope not. Actually, I hope that isn't something that they can do, because um, I think the game will be solved um, by that point and it will no longer be supported from an OP perspective if they don't change the points anymore. Yeah, I I uh, totally miss the fact that they brought up that like yeah, I mean the optimal goal is not is not update points. I, uh, that I, mean, is I get what they're trying to say, but it's a little alarming. Yeah. Um, I, I like you know I think I think they don't realize what they would like what the actual like their intent when saying that. I feel at that point like, they're kind of like, the hey guys, is. the game is on life support. We're, we can't support this anymore. <laughs> You know, like, I think they were just trying to say, like, oh, we'd love to be able to balance the game where everything feels balanced enough where we don't have to go in and shake everything up. But it didn't it doesn't come off that way when they say it the way they kind of did. Yeah, it's just like, OK, if you like if you did want to like if you don't want to balance the game, then like, why did you create a whole new like then why 2.5, I guess, <laughs> which which to say to everybody listening, it's not to say they haven't said they don't want to balance the game, but it's you yeah, know, I think yeah, there's some uncertainty as to what the game looks like in a year from now. Um, just it's just the way it is right now. It, yeah, um, not a fan Matt, of the implications. Uh, I am just I'm kind of just having a wait and see attitude about it. You know, I yeah. don't I don't want them to stop doing point changes because I think I agree if they did stop doing that, then there's less incentive to play. Like if it's, if it's going to be like double tapping Hans in X wing for the rest of eternity. I mean, it's not like, you know, I want some of these pilots to be good, but it's like, it's not going to be fun to fly against at these tournaments. No, no. And I think that's, you'd have to resort to just shaming people. I, uh, I jokingly (laughs) shamed all the arc 170 players at GSG. I was like, I was like, look at us over here not playing Arc 170. So like the losers who decided to bring three of them. You know, I'm just like, you know, everyone knew I was joking, but there was a little bit of truth behind that sentiment when I was saying that. Yeah. Oh. You know, just maybe maybe just shame people. <laughs> yeah, not doing points updates. Like, how would you like I'll make the game feel fresh? Other I think than you like have release to, a new product. Unless they don't like, I think that'd be pretty heavy with the ban hammer. Cause I think uh. 
I, I think if they get to that point, guys, the game is they're done. Yeah, at that game. point. If it like because yeah. if you release new product, they have to do points adjustments to accommodate it. It just I just and I then there'll always be power creep. Yeah. And I think if and when we say this, when we say that, that they'd be done with the game, I think the optimistic side of that would be okay, they'd be done with the game because there's another edition of X Wing coming out. That would be the optimistic side of it. Yeah. Whereas some people are more in the the rabbit hole of despair where they're like, oh, the game is just gonna be dead. Uh, I, I think the game has a lot more life than some people are are giving it credit for right now, just because of AMG, you know, doing some wacky things recently. But um, yeah, we'll, think, we'll see. I, I yeah, we'll I'll wait and see. Right? They're putting like a bit too much weight on that statement. Perhaps it was like an off the cuff thing, because I can't see it. Yeah, and n- not anytime soon. That's yeah. for sure. Um, so. Obviously, we all agree the game warrants changing the points, uh, or sorry, uh, points changes. But what do you guys think about? Have you lent uh, more of thought to changing the points needed to win games from twenty, um, or building with more than twenty points, or half points across all scenarios? Where do you, Matt? I'll ask you first. Those three things. What do you think? I feel like if you did half points across the board, that um, games would end a lot quicker. Yeah, they kind of you'd have to, to completely retool everything. Yeah. yeah. It goes hand in hand yep. for sure. If you were to do that, because then if you even if you went up to like thirty points, then chance encounter is essentially that that mode is going to take forever to get thirty points off. Yeah. of. Uh, right. I don't. I don't know. I think twenty is a good is a good spot. I'm. I don't know what kind of points I would change. Um. With it'd be it'd be nice because there there are a few pilots who would be good at like a like a five and a half and not a six. Like I think like the boy and pay to win Vader are good six and a half ships, maybe not six, but then that, that's a lot of like extra retweaking to the, to the points format. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of comes down to the fact that there's like a lack of, like a, a lack of granularity. It really comes to me. It's just list building. I think it just, uh, it's hard to balance things nowadays yeah. um, with the moving to Albion people know who know me and have listened to my bullshit rants know that that is one of the things that I firmly, you know, Andrew and I firmly disagree on this. I, I, I do not like 20 point list building in comparison to the types of balancing opportunities that you had with 200 point list building. Yep. Um, but we know AMG and I don't see eye to eye on that. And I think a lot of people probably are in the same boat where they're like, Oh, I, you know, I would prefer being able to do soft tweaks versus more hard nerfs to things versus kind of having to just basically decide, Oh, even though this may- maybe not doesn't deserve, to be increased by a point, we're gonna do it, and it's gonna be out of play for a while. Yeah. So what else, what other choice do you have? I've only played two point like, like for a week before two point five uh, came out, but it feels as if as in two point five, there is less viable pilots and chassis. Am I wrong about that? People disagree on that one. I actually think that you're correct with that assessment. I, or some people will say, "Well, no, it's just more obvious what's good and what's bad." I think that I think that can be true. While also, I, I think that what you said can be true. Where, because um, like a bad pilot in two point one, I mean two point one in a <laughs> right. in a two point would be okay if it was like extremely cheap, right? But if it's the same price as other com- uh, as of a uh, of uh, other competitive pieces, then like why would you ever choose it? I mean, there's like there's definitely some two point five losers out of the. Um, yeah. Fact out of the ships, like scimitars were only ever good when there was double Dooku degeneracy. Like Sith infiltrators have not been on the table in a long time. 
and uh, there's there's just been a, there's a couple other ships that just struggle. Like I know I know a lot of people hate the Nantex, but Nantex are very obviously a 2.0 ship, and they yeah. they do not make the transition. And to Scum 2. is a 2.0 well. faction. Scum yeah, is, yeah, yeah Scum is a good example. They've they've struggled real hard with the entire 2.0 2.5 transition because they've always been good about being kind of solo, you know, lone lone wolf type mercenary yeah. faction and that was great for 2.0 but you can't really have that kind of uh synergy work for you in 2.5. Nope. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um so what would you guys think needs the most attention of the three when it comes to um the winning the winning threshold, list building, um or half points. If you had to pick one of them, which one do you think should be worth at least looking at more, even if they don't change it? I would pick the 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 uh, high initiative spam. I feel like that is what needs the most amount of attention right gotcha. now. So so going with option four. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. I was like, I list three of them. Like, which one of the three? You're like, I'm gonna pick the one he didn't oh, mention, wait. which well, is totally I, fine. Uh, no, I think that's fine. I think high initiative spam is a, actually a, a, a worth a worthy topic of conversation. So yeah. It's it's there's definitely a lot of high. I mean, rebels don't spam as much high initiative when with the A wings and Sabine, but it's kind of an outlier because they just are so cheap. It doesn't really yeah, I was gonna say like the only outliers are extremely cheap ships or the the uh, serenized loadout ships that have like pretty good loadout and are competitively priced. Uh, anything that's like custom usually leans towards I five and I six, unless. The chassis is extremely good, like T seventies, like that list that got uh, yeah, third, third, uh, mm-hmm. seven health in total, right? Yeah, Matt, what's one thing you had to pick? Be like, focus on this. Um, I think I think they do need to do something with half points. What what is I don't know, but I do think that because that there's a lot of games where man, like. Luke squirreled, Luke squirreled away on like two points. Like I feel like I earned something from that, but there's just I. I but I I don't know what to do because it seems weird to have three scenarios have thirty points to win, and then one scenario is only twenty. Yeah. So I yeah, I don't know what the right balance is, but I'm not a game developer, so I don't have to worry about that. Right? Yeah, we don't have to worry. It's not our jobs. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Points fortressing was a topic when you had a bunch of eight, eight pointers, you know, and, and oh, yeah. you know that which is a lot of points to build a list with. But now that they're seven with the same loadout, I think that points fortressing is it might be even worse just because if you do finally kill them, you get less points than you would have a few months ago. Yep, and it'd be one thing if like only the eight pointers had went down, but it's like no, we lowered all their friends too, and then that's where it kind of started becoming the problem. Now it's the you know the Hans yeah. are a problem. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I would agree. I mean, if I had to pick, I, I think, um, I'd say you know, new content be damned for the time being, and just focus on um, a combination of of uh, making more making more opportunities, more lanes for variety in the meta right now. With just be more aggressive with the things that just don't get any love, and also, yeah, addressing um, high initiative, uh, spam and, and making oddball five points again, because it's, it's, it's ridiculous that there are three, four point arc one seventy. Like we don't need three of them. Two is fine. That's why you have to support AMG and buy Shatterpoint products. Yeah. Well, I'm, yes, get it. looks cool. I haven't played it, so I can't speak to it, but get it into a cool. whole nother game to support 
X-Wing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> come on. Be be selfless like Oddball. Yeah, yeah the core set's only it's Take only those crits to your bucks. wallet. It's only 160 to your wallet. It's only. Yeah. Only. Only only 160 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, nothing's cheap though these days, man. No. I feel like 160 bucks buys me a shawarma these days. I don't know. I mean, at least it's a really good shawarma. You're getting your shawarma, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. It's true. It better be got a solid gold wrap. Uh, yeah. Anyways, moving on from shawarma and other food-related things with X-wing. Um, let's talk about a uh, a couple of things in the Star Wars media. Um, Manny, you shared a leak of uh, Andor's, uh, the new Andor trailer. Yeah, apparently it's like a pretty two. old leak. It, um, it came out like... A like, new old leak? <laughs> well, like apparently uh, this leak came out like six months ago, but Disney was like, extremely good at like scrubbing it from the internet. That's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild. Um, yeah, for the, we, uh, I don't know if we're going to post the link no, we shouldn't. to a leak. We probably will not, but yeah. you will be, it's the internet. You will find it. And we, uh, we found it. It's, uh, it rhymes with Bedit is where you can find it. So if you want to <laughs> find it, you can say the website. <laughs> That's uh, fine. Reddit? I read we're not going to get Reddit. sued by Disney. They're not going to have like yeah, legal some, 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 I mean, I'd be, dude, I'd be, I'd be like, oh my God, Disney, let's start a podcast. Oh my God. It's cool. <laughs> Honestly, it's more of a compliment. Oh, oh, oh you're suing us? Oh, we're no. honored we're yeah, that famous no. you have heard of us <laughs> you have do you know who we are do you know who i am you are the worst uh, podcasters i've ever that? seen did you see the trailer yeah well i did, did. See a trailer i did watch it yeah uh honestly it, it's kind of the formulaic trailer like it's it's the inception blah, blah, with the music kind of swelling and showing these moments of like random small out clips. of context yeah. moments. Yeah, exactly. Small clips. It's like a teaser um, trailer. But it, it's got the vibe though, man. It's got that vibe. Yeah. That like the, the same Andor vibe from season one. It feels yeah. like I mean, it felt like a lived in universe, like the first season yeah. of Andor. And I started to get a little worried because a few, you know, about maybe a third of the trailer, and I didn't see my boy Skarsgård, and then I saw Skarsgård. I was like, all right, yep. the show's going to be good. We got Stellan back. Best Stellan part is of back. the series. Oh, yeah. It's just so good, man. It's just insane. That cast is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, is it only, and, uh, uh, Andor season two, already yeah. better than Ahsoka, confirmed. Is Andor <laughs> only playing for two seasons, or are they opening... Door for more. No, it's two. No, it's two. Just All right. two, which is awesome. You know that yeah. that inspires lots of confidence. I like when a show knows, hey, it's only going to be two or three seasons, and that's it. I we think know this, how this is going to end, and yeah, no more. I, this this season's going to cover like three years of the rebellion, wow. and I think the season two finale they said ends like days before Rogue One starts. Nice. Yeah. So we will see a K two S O. We'll have a K two S O sighting for sure. Yep. Absolutely. Great, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I don't know. I don't think there's any info on a release date yet, but I would expect probably. I think it was August of next year, but the recent strikes might push that back. Gotcha. So I could totally be wrong at some point. I just, I think you're right about that. Let him, let him cook. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Let him, let him cook, as Woody would say. Let, let them, let them, let us get the the best product possible. I'm willing to wait for Andor. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, on the other side of things, Ahsoka is almost done. Have you guys, are you guys all caught up on the seven episodes of Ahsoka? I am. Yep. Cool. So spoiler alert, folks, we are going to briefly talk about Ahsoka. If you are one of those people that likes to get angry, well, you (laughs) should get angry somewhere else while we talk about this. Spoiler alert. We will talk about some spoilers. The most important thing is that Thrawn looks like Elon Musk. 
is really <laughs> the, the summary of the show is that you can't unsee it once you start to think about it. Oh, I hate <laughs> tough, you, man. I'm like, he, he looks like Elon. He's a, it's it's Michelson, too. It's it's Lars like Michelson, Elon. Right? If you blew the him voice himself. of Thrawn, he's from Rebels. He's, he sounds great. I mean, he's definitely got the voice down. The lot, the, the writing is good. Um, I don't know if he necessarily like. I feel like when I envisioned Thrawn in live action, I, I I thought I thought at least like the overall like build of him would be a little different. But it's whatever. It's really not a big, big yeah yeah. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, he's old. Yeah, like his characters old, are yeah. pretty old at this time, right? I'm, I guess his species has yeah. a similar lifespan to humans. Yeah, so I'm gonna sure chalk it up to that. Live for, but yeah, um, I think it's the same. Yeah, as I humans. Would, I would say honestly, Ahsoka feels like two two seasons in one. Like the first half of the show was a little bit more of a lull, like it's building up, it takes a good while, and the second half has been a completely different vibe for me. Which I mean, I was fine with that when Andor had twelve episodes, but I'm like, it's gonna end tomorrow, and I'm like, I feel like there's like four episodes worth of content. Oh yeah, there's so left. many plot threads that like we're not gonna yeah. get. Like I hate to. Let's like, give me in the second season. I mean. um Balen Scroll, right? We don't know what he's after. It's it's the last episode, oh, and yeah, his, he's got weird intentions, man. He's yeah. sending he's sending more mixed signals than girls be on dating apps. <laughs> he uh, he basically told his apprentice like, "Hey, later, go yeah, deal with us and be on your own." But yeah, I don't think we're gonna get a conclusion t- uh, to his character. I was just sad because the actor passed away, and you know, if I had a nickel for every Star Wars actor. That pass before the story of their character actually got resolved. I would have two nickels, which is not that much, but it's weird that it happened <laughs> yeah. twice with uh, Ray Stevenson. I and, love that joke. And, and Carrie Fisher. But uh, they have to recast him. I don't see. Uh, yeah, they have to recast him. I, I, feel. I, I actually think they should just use outtakes from season one <laughs> and just build scenes around his outtakes like they did with uh carrie oh boy <laughs> matt what are your thoughts on ahsoka i've liked it so far um i wasn't a big fan of the first two episodes and then se- yeah. season three i started to enjoy it more um kind of just like have to compartmentalize it from Andor now because i really did enjoy that a lot so. Yeah, it's 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 a little unfair, I think. Yeah. So yes. yeah, to get the and it's what I've been doing, and I know that it's probably not fair. But um, but I hold Dave, Dave Filoni at a pretty high standard because he is the you know Lucas protege, and he's been he knows Star Wars and loves Star Wars more than anybody else at Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like the show is a lot of passion, but it also feels like it's a Dave Filoni project because he's not as good with live action as he is with. Uh, the animated stuff he's worked on. So I agree with that. I mean, sure, that's an opinion of mine, but I actually do think that there is a bit of a lost translation between his work with like Rebels and Clone Wars and and, and then translating over to The Mandalorian and and with this show. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, some some takeaways, I think I think this show is 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 probably for me battling for second overall with obi-wan and i know obi-wan had a lot of problems for a lot of people but it's really not that bad of a show i think i'd put it around in the same ballpark as obi-wan as one of the better shows that we've gotten but those Um, last two episodes really do carry obi-wan yeah i mean there's a lot of sentimental vibe i mean there's really only i think one episode worth of stuff in obi-wan that people really dislike like really hate 
And I think that's passable for an overall show that I think executed its goals and made people feel like, you know, like they were watching Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan and Hayden Christensen as Anakin again. Like it, 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 it did take, it did capitalize on those things. Um, and yeah, there's some great moments. There's some, I think the high, the highs are higher than the lows are low for Obi-Wan. All right. Um, I, I agree with that. I didn't yeah. like yeah. it. You did not like it. No. Yeah. I want, I'm trying to remember, like I, it's a little, t- it is, it is more forget- forgettable than I would like. I can't the, remember uh, what in every single episode. The uh, chase scene with Leia, that was kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then her out, the trench coat. Yeah. The, yeah. That again, was just like, for, what are we doing here? Not- for me, it benefited a lot that Boba Fett had come out like months before that, and I'm like, oh well, at least it's, it's not like that's that the lowest bad. it could go. Yeah, yeah. There was some stuff I did like in Obi Wan, but overall, as an overall product, I was not the biggest yeah. fan. It did, it did, it did. I did shed some tears by the end of the show. Yeah. Like I it's literally, like, my dad you also not? was crying a little bit, and my dad is not does not have the same love affair with Star Wars that I do. But he, you know, my dad is the one that got me into Star Wars, and he had some, you know, an emotional response to the end of that. Uh, nostalgia and sentimentalism was on Obi Wan's side um, in that show. Like that's you didn't get the same kind of thing with or luxury with the Book of Boba Fett. And you definitely don't get it with Ahsoka because even though, sure, we loved watching Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff, most people haven't, or a lot of people haven't seen those shows. Yeah. And I, I'm sorry, yeah. I just don't have the same kind of connection to Ahsoka that I do with like Obi-Wan and Luke. I, I just. Anyone who Leia, argues that you don't have to see Clone Wars or, or uh, Rebels to understand Ahsoka, no. you're completely wrong. You kind of know. Oh, yeah, to. absolutely. 100% wrong. Yeah. You go I like, just... oh, Space Whales. Where did that come from? This is not a show for Star Wars normies, and it's disappointing because if it was a show for Star Wars normies, I think it would be doing a lot better. I mean, I mean, I think it's doing the Mandalorian is is the Mandalorian season three is the most normie feeling. But this is like a lot. That's like really lore heavy, and I'm like, I'm a huge Star Wars lore nerd, but I'm like, oh, not everybody like geeks out about this stuff as much as I do. That's true, yeah. but I also like the attention because I would count myself as like a lore nerd. So I mean, like through Ahsoka, I've been I've been satisfied. There was one episode that I was extremely excited for, uh, which yeah. is like pretty obvious. Which one? Uh, we watched and, that one together. Yeah, <laughs> we were literally screaming when like we're Anakin screaming. transformed into Darth Vader. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I feel like that was the high, and it's just kind of slowly gone back down to its like constant state. So really hoping that that episode eight kind of blows me away. Can can we agree that Sabine could have at least been better, like written? Sabine, in this show? yeah, yeah, she's I mean, a very frustrating character. We don't know what she's been through since the end of Rebels. It sounds like her family died when Moff Gideon classed Mandalore. But, so but Matt, why are yeah. we why are we doing anything with this? Isn't that more important to like at least talk, to at least mention in the show beyond like once at the beginning of the show? I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm not. I, you would think so. But I mean, it just se- it seems like he doesn't really know what to do with her in live action. It's yeah, it, yeah. her her character has probably been one of the biggest like it's pro- downsides yeah. to the show. I think. I mean, it's it probably change. expensive for her to jump around and blow up ships with thermal detonators a lot. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, like, like uh, her character can change it in in a season two because an example would be Ahsoka in the Clone Wars, right? Like when she was introduced. She was pretty annoying, pretty unlikable. Right. And then as the uh, series went on, everyone loves Ahsoka. 
Um, so, I mean, there's still... I mean, my criticism hope. has just been dullness. It's not so much like, oh, this person, like... I mean, to me, and I actually dislike how much of a traitor she has been in, in this show. Oh, yeah. So like, to me, you just, like, you basically threw... times. Yeah, like, you basically yeah. threw the entire galaxy under the bus, like, for a booty call. Uh, I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't think I get behind that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but she thought Ahsoka was dead, so it was okay. I don't think she and would also, be able to destroy that thing anyways, though. But I don't know if that's, like, a, a good enough, like, reason for her. She, she just, like, wanted to see Ezra. And, like, I, I, I can understand the motivation to, like, be hesitant. But she had already um, taken the map and left when Ahsoka asked not, not to. And, like, that really was super unnecessary why she felt the need to do that. Like, she could have looked at it with Ahsoka. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to decide that not at all. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, and, and I think Hera, too. Hera is a little dull. Like, she's just, like, really? she's there. Really? I should like she's Hera. I think she's good. She's fine. She's, I, I mean, she's just, she's fine. She's basically like, uh, I like rebel self. So I can't complain about that. Yeah. But e- either way, I think, I mean, even with the characters that I've criticized, I think they've all improved the last couple of episodes. And I'm curious to see by the time this episode comes out, it'll have been about a week and a half removed from the final episode of the season, but we'll see kind of how it finishes. Um, I think the show is, has, you know, picked itself up and, and gotten to a higher point than, um, then the first few episodes kind of yeah. kicked into a second gear and really kind of excited people and has done a good job with that. But also, we had to see like yeah. Thrawn be an actual threat um, instead of just talking about eliminating targets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, like the entire purpose of the show was like, hey, we cannot let this guy come back to the galaxy, right? Like, you like you got to show us a reason why he's so threatening, especially to those who don't know anything about him. I um, think he's gonna kill Hu Yang, and I don't want to think that. Oh, no. But like someone, I, someone close to them has to die. I think he's gonna come back to the galaxy, and those three uh, capitalist ships that were on Cetos, I think it's gonna be like a three v one. Everyone's, everyone's gonna think like, oh, it's like it's like a have destroyed, it's like a have destroyed star destroyer. This should be easy, and then he does some strategy that totally wins him the entire day. You know what's gonna happen? Like the very like the last the last episode, he's gonna be like, "I think I have a new name for my empire. I'll call it X." <laughs> God. <laughs> and then he's gonna pull out his sink, and he's like, "Let that sink in." <laughs> <laughs> just ruin the franchise right there with just like five seconds. Oh man, no. it's just, the season eight finale is directed by your favorite. Rick, uh, oh, Rick, you no, bro, it's already bad. Who Rick, he was like the worst director of like the Mandalorian. Which episodes (laughs) did did he do? He did, um, he did the prison break one, he did the uh, the Jawa one, he did the ones that people are like, I didn't like this. All right, he did season three, he did like, I think he did one episode that was actually not that bad that I like. I was in denial when I saw his name pop up. Like, that's not actually, there's no way he actually did this. You know what? Well, at least at least it's not the Spy Kids guy. Yeah. Maybe he's <laughs> yeah, gotten right. better. Maybe he's been coached. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited for, uh, we're going to have a, another bit of a lull between uh, shows. Um, but Ahsoka's been fun. It's just, it was just a little slow for me. But again, yeah, if you haven't seen Revelers or Clone Wars or you don't like it, you just, I don't even know why you bother just because it's just so reliant on you feel taken care of if you're a fan of those shows yes. this show. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. All right, real quick, guys, before we wrap up here, we've got a couple upcoming events. The Windy City Trials Turkey Trot Store Champ is November 18th at Good Game Chicago. Come and join us. We'll be there streaming, and it will be a lot of fun. And then PAX Unplugged December in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's the 1st through the 3rd. That will be a Worlds Open qualifier before the year wraps up. Uh, Matt, I want to give a shout-out to the Best Bin Benchwarmers here. Sure. I am a co-host of the Best Bin Benchwarmer podcast. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just a meta-analysis, a tournament analysis, just a general fun shenanigans over there. Absolutely. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode, and thank you, Matt, for joining us thank tonight. Thank you really me. appreciate it, man. Always, anytime. When we return, Andrew will be back with us, and we'll continue our meta discussion. We'll offer some new player advice and much more. Be sure to follow us on Facebook. Check out our YouTube channel for edited content that we post there we have our twitch channel of course 312 squadron and be sure to continue to uh and join our discord so you can continue to follow us on updates with our podcast here and much more we appreciate you all as always for listening to the 312 squadron podcast my name is nick sperry i am emmanuel and i'm matthew corser and we will catch you all on the flippity flip all right goodbye